Hello, hello, my creative friends. Welcome back to Do For The Process. This is your podcast for creative growth, maybe some entertainment, and hopefully a lot of encouragement as you step into your brave and wonderful self inside of the studio. This episode is going to be a bit of a part two. Part one came out two weeks ago. Part two is happening right now because I feel like I have more to say on this topic of vulnerability and creativity and rest and flow and just what it's like to be a human who is a creative. Every time I go to an art museum and study the works of masters, I'm just like, I want to just sit in the studio with you and hear about your day, hear about how you're able to show up in the studio consistently, hear about how you prioritize your time and your energy and things like that. So I'm hoping to do that a bit for you in this space. And I think if you have the capacity, that's a really sweet thing to share with your audience and with your collectors and your people that care. So, um, hi, I'm Emily Jeffords. (laughs) Uh, If you're new here, I'm an artist. I'm an educator of other artists. I am a mother of three. I live in Greenville, South Carolina. I travel as often as possible. I offer my work in the form of paintings and prints and other products that we create in the studio, like note cards and candles and affirmation cards, which I love our affirmation cards. We're going to focus on affirmations quite a bit today because honestly, I've done a a terrible job of caring for myself in this way. And I call myself out on this publicly inside of my membership, The Collective, which is a space for creatives to just learn and grow and thrive together. And I want to talk about that here because I think this might not be just me. And if it is just me, you can just be like, wow, Emily, (laughs) it's about time. (laughs) I'm glad you figured this out. But um, I want to talk about abundance today and how we as creatives can live in abundance. And I want to scale what we think of abundance. Um, I want to scope it way out from money or from prosperity or... Uh, just the things that narrow this topic a bit. And I want to talk about time abundance. And most importantly for us as creatives, I want to talk about the creative freedom that comes when you live in an abundant mindset and the work that can come from that, the beautiful creative work that can come from that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I also have a disclaimer to make. Last week, I read a poem by my new absolute favorite uh, poet and author, Andrea Gibson. And I read a poem that I thought was a poem. And if you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to it. It is so beautiful. Uh, every single word is dripping in truth and beauty. But what I didn't know until this week when my copy of Andrea's book came is that that's not actually a poem. <laughs> it's a collection of bits from other poems. So it's like a mashup, if you will. So that's cute. But I read it as if it were a like a single unit, and it's not. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, I get it now. But honestly, it works. So go back and listen to it. It'll speak to you. I promise you. Um, I read it and cried every single time I read it, which was like, I read it at least twice for the podcast because you know you got to get things right, and I stumble over my words, especially when I'm reading. Little known fact about me: if you want some trivia, I am. Re- like I'm a very functioning, high functioning, uh, someone with dyslexia and it makes my life interesting frequently, especially when I try to learn new words or read out loud. (laughs) So, uh, or spelling, like spelling is a challenge. If you are in any of my programs, you know 
that there are going to be misspellings. It's part of my brand. So I'm so sorry if that uh, frustrates you. As I'm sure it does many people that are very good at spelling, like my own daughter, who's like, mom, oh my gosh, wait, can I tell you something so sweet? This is a little sidebar. I wrote um, something for the collective that we'll talk about it today. I'll, I'll get into it today in this podcast episode a bit because it's worth repeating, as I said. But I wrote what I wanted to say to the collective and I sent it to my daughter, who's 12. And... Um, She's delightful in so many ways, but she was my editor for this, uh, the collective content. So if you're in the collective and you read what I, what I shared today, it's, it's about abundance and creativity. Oh, my Slack is going to be noisy. Let me turn this off. Um, she's the one that edited the whole thing and her notes are so cute. She added notes like, let me, let me just pull this up because it's so cute. I know I'm her mom, so I'm probably very biased, Um, but she added notes like switch around a few words, smiley face, and she would just highlight those things. Misspelled or grammatically incorrect, but it's okay. Um, She has this blue teal marker for emphasis and then just the giant like "Ah," type expression. And then my favorite note, she marked a few things with this purple color and it's you need to be confident and the the confident word is in all caps exclamation points off the page a little muscle arm drawn next to it and then just like this lightning bolt underline and it's bright purple and i'm like okay thank you um (laughs) and then she added this other one where she's like mom this is cringe (laughs) and she's not wrong in both of these critiques and I love it so much. So, um, yeah, everything I'm going to tell you today has had the green light of a true Gen Z. So I'm feeling like we're good to go. (laughs) But before we get into all of that wisdom, I I was talking about Andrea Gibson. She's my new favorite poet. I'm going to read a poem that she wrote today, a real one, not just like a compilation of of lines from poems, um, which again, still stand in my opinion, because they're all such good lines. But I'm going to read an actual poem from her book today. But pay attention. I want to gift five of my listeners her latest book, or their latest book. I apologize. Their pronouns are they, them. Andrea's work is, I'm taking it slowly. I've read five of the poems so far, and I, my, my cheeks were soaked in tears after reading them and not because they're sad because they're deeply beautiful and they touch on the most important things in all of life and the simplest of interactions and in the biggest of ways and it's just like truly beautiful poetry um and if you're kind of put off by the word poetry they're not like they don't all rhyme they're just um insights observations on life and they're beautiful 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 so i want to give five of you their latest book which is called you better be lightning and to enter to win one of these books which i'll send to you they're all signed by the way by andrea um i would like for you to screenshot this podcast and share it in your instagram stories tag me so that i can see it and do so by June 1st, 2023, and I'll pick a winner and send you a beautiful signed copy of Andrea's new book, You Better Be Lightning. Okay, let's get into creative abundance. Again, I wanna scope out what abundance means for creatives because it is not just money. It's not just, um, you know, anything that you think of as like, oh, I have an abundant, I don't have a flashy new car, I don't have piles of gold, I don't have jewelry dripping off of my body, but I am abundant in things that matter to you. So I think, When you think of abundance as a creative, 
I would recommend that you envision what does the most perfect moment look like in your creative practice and in your life? How often are you creating? How much time freedom do you have? How much creative energy do you have to tap into? How readily can you access inspiration? Think of abundance in these terms and really expand and get inventive about what abundance means to you and to your creative career. So we're going to talk about it in the context of creativity and of, you know, being an artist. And I knew that I needed to have this conversation with myself, which this is going to be me talking to myself quite a bit. Even if I say you and, um, you know, speak to you, this is for me like so much. And I knew I needed to have this conversation with myself because I was standing at my kitchen sink and I was just like, Oh my gosh, Emily, you are living in lack right now, which I don't love. I don't like how it feels. I don't like what it does to my brain or to my body. When I live in lack, I feel, and that's not live in love. It's live in lack. It's the opposite of love. I feel like I am scrambling a little bit. Like the things that I want are just out of reach or slipping out of my hands. It's the one that I feel most often is I I have what I want now, but it's going to leave me. That sneaks in so often. It's honestly so obnoxious. But the more I can catch it and call it out and be like, hey, no, that's not actually true. That's not actually true. I can trust myself. I can trust my abilities. I can trust my community. I can trust the muscular muscular structure of the people that I've woven around me and bring around me because they are generous and caring and can pick me up when I'm falling. And not only that, creativity is not a resource that can be tapped out easily. It's very renewable. Isn't that beautiful? Like inspiration is literally a renewable resource. Now you have to renew it. That's the thing is I think we often don't give ourselves space to renew our creativity and our inspiration. We just think we should be a machine who's operating in this capitalist world, like an absolute painting or creative robot. And you're not that you're a human. You can rest. Um, And we let our inner critic get so loud so loud. But I was standing in my kitchen and I was just catching myself in this lie of lack of thinking that what I have is going to slip away. In particular, I I had this new body of work. I mentioned it last time in the last, last episode, this new body of work is living in my brain and it's living in my body. And I haven't done anything with it yet. It's just in my head. There's this idea inside of the big magic philosophy, which Liz Gilbert is the one that um, penned this. And it's beautiful. If you haven't read Big Magic, I recommend reading it. It's by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, Inside of this philosophy, inspiration is a living and breathing organism that is circling the globe and looking for people that have capacity and willingness and the ability to use that inspiration. So as an artist, you have a lot of that in you because you clearly have capacity and ability and the willingness to use your inspiration. And the cool thing about this is the inspiration is going to care for itself. So that's kind of liberating in some ways. And once it finds you, it's going to just thrive because it's found in the, in the like words of big magic, it's found a worthy vessel. Like you are the person who can give that inspiration physical form. And that is honestly magical. And I think it's true. But the other side to this is where I was living in my head. And it's a bit of a limiting belief and like a bit of a a lacking mindset, 
which is if you don't use your inspiration, it's going to slink by and go to the next person. And while that might be true, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to assume that. I want to assume and to believe that my inspiration is going to sit in my body and wait for me to store up energy and to rest and to be able to give it the time and the energy that it deserves because I just think that's true. I think that's been true in my life many, many times and I think that it will be true going forward. So I was sitting in my kitchen washing dishes you know, things always come to you while you're like doing mundane tasks. And I was being like, wow, this is going to pass me by. I can feel it slipping away. And maybe that was a warning. Maybe that was my wake up call to be like, okay, that means that it's time to take some action. I'm going to treat that thought as such. But what I caught myself doing in that moment was thinking, okay, yeah, I don't have the energy for it. And if I do, it's not going to turn out that great. If I do create this work, it's going to look not as good as it is in my head. And it's going to be rough and I'm going to be disappointed. And will I even make time for it? Probably not. I'm very busy. I have kids that aren't in school right now. Like it's just, uh, I don't have capacity. And I just felt that lack, like so much lack. And what I called myself out on in that moment was, hey, Emily, that is partly true. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have a lot of capacity right now, but that's okay. Things flow in seasons. Things uh, evolve as they need to evolve. And the other part of me was like, yes, this is new. I might create this new work and it might look terrible. And that's okay. On Instagram yesterday, someone asked, like, how do you let yourself play with, with new mediums? And it, you know, it's something that we have to work as work on as artists is just letting ourselves feel free and expressive in new ways. And what I said to this um, Instagram follower, I was like, okay, this is for me too, clearly, is when you play with something new, expect to be terrible. Okay, this is how, this is how like naive and um, self-sabotage I was being. I expected to walk into my studio with this new body of work and literally channel Helen Frankenthaler and create massive pieces that were masterpieces. (laughs) Which, you know what? I love being optimistic, and I do believe that there's a lot to be said for believing in your greatness, which we'll talk about in just a minute because it is so true. But what I was also doing in that um, mindset is possibly giving myself too much to bite off at once and too like I was paralyzing myself by my own ambition. So I think that's maybe not the best thing to do for your, your creative energy. So as I envision this new body of work, um, it is beautiful and it is good. And all I could envision a month ago was how beautiful and magnificent. And I could feel the process in my body. I was confident. I was empowered. I didn't have the time to devote to it. I was finishing my last collection and that deserved my focus. So cut to a month later, I'm busy with some work. We're, we're launching the collective right now. It's open for enrollment right now today. Well, when you hear this, it'll be closed. I'm so, so sorry, but that's okay. Hopefully you're in the collective. Um, my kids are out of school. I have distractions. I'm also just tired. I'm going through a lot in my personal life and I just felt overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like right now overwhelmed by the idea of creating this beautiful big work. 
So what I'm going to do instead is offer myself some mantras. And this is why I'm like, what the heck, Emily? You, I've been, I've been a professional artist since 2010. I know how to do this. I know how to show up in the studio and create good work consistently. And one of the things that I do to make that happen repeatedly, time after time, painting after painting, I've sold thousands of paintings. And I'm not saying this to brag, I'm saying this to be like, this works. And I haven't been doing this. One of my tried and true tricks is to maybe trick myself. I don't know, but I'm going to call them mantras or um, words of affirmation that I can pour into my brain and pour into my body before I step step into the studio and into my creative practice. And it they do work. They absolutely do work. So I'm going to share the ones that I use with you. They're simple. They're not glamorous. They are meant to be usable and they are very, very usable for me. So I hope that they work for you as well. Um, pick the one that feels right for you. I'm going to share six different affirmations that have changed my creative practice. I think they'll also do some magic for yours if you need some. Just a reframe, a little bit of a reframe. That's all it is. Okay, the first one is I will create good work today. Inspiration lives inside of me and I can tap into it whenever I want and wherever I want. <laughs> I love that one. It's okay to create bad work. Isn't that one the best? Creative flow is easy for me to access. It's okay to rest and to come back to this idea. Now, these are the words that I need to hear right now. If yours feel a little bit different or a little bit like sisters to these words, then write the ones that you need. But these affirmations feel like a balm to my tired and creatively thirsty self right now. Um, again, they are, I will create good work today. Inspiration lives inside of me and I can tap into it whenever I want and wherever I want. It's okay to create bad work. Creative flow is easy for me to access. It's okay to rest and to come back to this idea. The one that I rely on and have for years is the first one. I will create good work today. I repeat that the night before I know I have a studio day. I repeat it in the morning when I wake up. I repeat it when I'm making my coffee. When I'm stepping into the studio, I will create good work today. I will create good work today. And in that process, I'm getting excited. I'm literally psyching myself out. I'm just like, ooh, yes, I'm gonna do this. Okay, let's go, let's go. And I'm envisioning my work. I'm envisioning how it's going to feel in my body. I'm envisioning the vibes I'm gonna set in the studio. I'm envisioning how productive I'm going to be, how much I'm going to get done, how I'm not going to dilly-dally and just get distracted all day. I'm envisioning the process that I'm going to step into, whether it's like priming my canvas or getting my palette ready, just whatever it may be. Just envision all the parts of it, romanticize every part of it, because everything we do as an artist is so beautiful and so spiritual. If you can let yourself really like don't get lost in this, but let yourself feel how important and beautiful our work can be for ourselves and for others, then it becomes just pleasure. And I think the more we can follow the pleasure of creativity and let it just be fun, let it be something that feels rewarding and fulfilling and pleasureful, 
I think that's very powerful. If we can live in pleasure as often as possible, then nothing feels like drudgery. If, I mean, you can, you can turn this on into tasks or, you know, use this mindset on tasks that are really mundane, even like when I'm doing my bookkeeping or some paperwork that just feels oh heavy and dry, I'm going to make it as pleasurable as possible. I'm going to go sit at a beautiful coffee shop. I'm going to light a candle if I'm at home. I'm going to just make it vibey so that at least part of my body and my brain are living in pleasure, even if part of my task is kind of mundane or monotonous or even really hard or stressful. When I was doing my own taxes, I would do this and just be like, okay, if I have to do this terribly boring, hard thing, I'm going to make it feel as good as possible. If you can feel as good as possible in a task that already feels good, the work you're going to create during that flow is going to be good. Or it's terrible and that's okay because you had fun. (laughs) But when we can feel excited, when we can feel optimistic, when we feel empowered, our hands and our mind are less in that self-criticism mode, less in that toxic, I'm the worst. What am I doing here? This is not worthy. This is not good. This is not something that anyone needs to look at. When you have that mindset, you're going to create terrible work. I know I've been there. I've tried it. It is. It feels horrible. And then you leave thinking, well, crap, I'm a terrible artist. This is time to get a new job. Cool. Um, But when you can walk out of your creative process thinking, okay, maybe that wasn't the best thing that I've ever created, but that was fun. Or maybe you'll be like, I created something really good today. Or if you're more like me, you walk away, step away when, you know, before you get to that burnout phase of creative process, because we're all human. We all have uh, this arc that we go through where we're beginning and we climb the arc and it's so much fun and beautiful. But then you do descend because you're, you get tired. Your brain and your body physically get tired, which feels taxing. And before you come out of that descent all the way, stop there. Don't wait until you are down at the bottom when you're like, oh, this is terrible. I hate it. Uh, there's that meme that's floating around on Instagram where it talks about the creative process and it's like, it's just this flow that we all understand where it's just as like I just described where it starts positive and it gets more and more positive and oh my gosh I'm the absolute most incredible thing ever and then like wow this is absolute this is absolute shit cool cool and you just uh you know we all go through that flow and it's very very normal but I recommend starting stopping before you get to that bottom point because that's not helpful. Stay in pleasure, stay in that in that more delightful place if you possibly can. And like I said, if it's something that's new to you, if the medium is new to you, like the work that I'm stepping into in my next body of work, I'm going to be experimenting and trying new things, using new brushes. I'm working on raw canvas. I'm not gonna describe it, actually, I'm gonna keep it a secret. Um, it's gonna be very new and I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. I need to just go ahead and buy more canvas now because like I know I'm gonna mess up at least half of what I create <laughs> and that's okay, that's okay. Uh, but expect to make mistakes, expect it to be just a bit of a mess. Keep your critic at bay. It has a place, I've said this before in this podcast, but your inner critic is very important. It's valuable. It's the part that tells you what's good and what's not good or where you can make improvements. It's the part that tells you that you have space to improve and to play and to grow, but your inner critic is not a very useful thing to have when you're in creative flow. I recommend keeping it for the evaluation phase of your creative work, which is usually on the the end. 
at the beginning when you're envisioning it and then towards the end, not really in the middle. So if you're in the middle and you're playing with new mediums and new things and just trying new things out. And by the way, this applies to everything, website building, photography, uh, writing a poem, keep the editing for the end. I think any writer would tell you that. I'm gonna tell you that as a painter or whatever your medium is, keep the editing for the end. Be willing to live and create in abundance. The creative process is generous and full of pleasure and it always gives you more than it takes from you. Even if you leave tired, even if you leave worn out, it always gives to you. If you can enter it with abundance, enter it with gratitude, enter it with this willingness to fall into pleasure and to fall into that creative flow. In that big magic mindset, you are the willing vessel, the participant in inspiration. You're not the one that is generating it or um, using it and it's depleted. You're the one that's just tapping into it. This massive abundant supply of inspiration that's at our fingertips. And I, oh, whew, it gives me chills. I love it so, so much. Okay, back to our mantras. I wanna, I wanna read those again. And then I'm gonna read a poem to you by Andrea Gibson. And once again, I'm gonna remind you to screenshot this podcast, share it. I would love to give you one of their books because whew, the way they write, I, I can't even describe it to you. You have to, well, I'll, I'll read it to you so you can hear it yourself, but um, you have to read the whole book. Again, I'm only like maybe four or five poems into the book and I am undone. I am undone. My daughter read one to me out loud in the, in the car when we were driving um, about like an hour and a half drive. And I was bawling while I was driving, not the safest thing in the world, but you know, we're on a highway <laughs> and we're on like cruise control. And she was like, I can't cry while I read, so I need to stop because I, I need to cry. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's, okay, yes, I understand. Let's process together. So um, deeply meaningful and beautiful words. I'll read, I'll read a poem in just a moment, but okay. Our mantras once again, my favorite one right up top. I will create good work today. Inspiration lives inside of me and I can tap into it whenever and wherever I want. It's okay to create bad work. Creative flow is easy for me to access. It's okay to rest and to come back to this idea. I hope those impact your creative process. I hope they speak to you. Okay, now I'm gonna read this beautiful poem from Andrea Gibson called To Whom It Definitely Concerns. Please accept this letter of formal notification that I am resigning from the position of my own worst enemy. I've appreciated the opportunity to lower my standards so far that they could win a limbo contest against a crumb. I have been honored to serve as the server at the banquet where I eat myself alive. The day I was hired, I could never have imagined how many employee of the month plaques I'd acquire from breaking the standard, the standing record for standing in my own way. <laughs> in this position, I've grown continuously like bacteria in a staph infection. I'd had no idea that holding myself back would be contagious. I would like to have a different kind of impact on the future, the future company I keep. The scene I made during our last team building exercise woke me to the need for change. I know the young people in the office are still shaken by my refusal to catch myself in the trust fall. I apologize for that gory display. 
Moving forward, I'll be pursuing opportunities in another field, preferably one where break rooms are for resting and not for breaking promises to the person I'd hope I'd hope I become. I fully intend to replace whatever dreams I shattered when I was beating myself up. I have no idea where I learned punching in was a literal term. If I had known better, I would have called in sick in the head. I accepted this position initially because I believed it came with the very best insurance plan. How could I fall to my death from the ground floor? Over the years, however, I've gotten increasingly familiar with the fine print of the benefits. Turns out there are no benefits when the copay is your life. I understand it's customary to give two weeks notice, but I've only got two minutes and in those I will, number one, fire my inner critic or at least demote it to part-time. Two, assure my passions have the tools they need to unionize with my actions. Three, sit naked on the photocopy machine so there are 100 copies of my Asticus when I'm gone. Though I suspect it won't bode well for acquiring a positive referral letter, it's important I state that I'm unwilling to train a replacement for this position. It is my suggestion that the job be eliminated altogether and that no future person take on the task. If I can aid in the transition, please let me know. That, oh, I think this poem speaks to me because I think this is a universal truth, but especially if you're a creative person or someone that is empathetic or feels deeply, you probably relate to a lot of these words, especially the ones about the inner critic, the ones about beating yourself up, the ones about not trusting yourself. Um, whew, there's a lot of blatant honesty in this poem um it's beautiful it makes my heart swell and ache and my eyes feel tingly with tears because i hear i see my own patterns in this poem i see a lot of self-truth in this poem um the day i was hired i could never have imagined how many employee of the month plaques i'd acquire from breaking the standing record for standing in my own way i had no idea that holding myself back was would be contagious hmm. i know the young people in the office are still shaken by my refusal to catch myself in the trust fall and when i read that poem in context of of what I'm thinking about right now when I was, you know, in my kitchen yesterday or the day before and just feeling like catching myself in my own lie, I think is what I'm saying. I was catching myself in a lie. I hear that resembled in this poem of of Andrea catching themselves in these multitude of lies and calling them out and making them funny. Like it's the metaphors are so funny in there. But it's not funny when you realize this is your only life. This is your only chance to rewrite these, these limiting beliefs and to live in the abundance that is freedom and creativity and joy and pleasure and time and space and rest. So if the big magic concept kind of freaks you out like it does me, and if you have found yourself tipping into that, yeah, but what if it's going to leave me? What if the inspiration's floating to someone else? reframe that it's okay to rest and to come back to this idea inspiration lives inside of you you can tap into it whenever and wherever you want you will create good work today okay that's all i got for today thank you for letting me speak vulnerably and honestly 
Thank you for listening. Share this podcast. I can't wait to send you copies of this book. If you don't, if you don't get a copy from me, I please go buy it. Again, it's called You Better Be Lightning by Andrea Gibson, and it's just beautiful. I will read poems from another poet um, beginning next week. So if you have submissions, if you are also a poetry lover, send me your submissions. Send me the people that you love and that people people that you are being drawn to um, aesthetically or in their you know in their writing. I love. I love a lot of different kinds of poetry. So yeah, I'd love some recommendations because I'm always looking for more. I feel like I'm consuming poetry because it feels like it's healing something inside of me. And it's also allowing me to express parts of myself. Um, It's like when you begin going to museums or when you go to art school and you're just like absorbing a lot of inspiration and a lot of like other art. I notice that the more poetry I read, the more readily I write. And that is a gift. So, ooh, that means that the more art we create, the more art we share, the more we're empowering someone else also. And that is another kind of gift. So thank you for being that person in the world. Okay. I will be back in two weeks. I'm doing this podcast every two weeks. That feels much more sustainable to me right now. And I want to keep this sustainable. That way I can keep doing it because I want all of us to create better work. I want to create good work and I want to do that with a full and vibrant inspiration tank. So thank you for giving me that space. Be back in two weeks. Bye for now.